Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees.
Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're coming to you through the leader in paranormal, parapsychology, New Age, alternative health, and spirituality programming, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. We can also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring spirit body. Mommy, what are those pretty lights in your hair? My four-year-old daughter asked. It wasn't the first time she'd made the query. Every night after tucking her into bed, I'd stand in her doorway, backlit, backlit by the hall light, and say nighttime prayer together. My hair's flaming red, so I just assumed she was speaking about the light shining through it from behind. However, this time was different. She'd woken up coughing and was running a fever. I was sitting in a rocker in total darkness with her on my lap, and we were saying our prayer. She lifted her little hand in wonder, passing it over my head about four inches above my hair. What color is it, baby? I asked. Popo and boo, she responded. Not red? Nope. Popo and boo. I know my colors, Mommy. Holy moly, my daughter was seeing auras. Who should I tell? What should I do? How could I explain and reassure her? I was just about to go into a full-blown panic when I realized she didn't seem upset by it. Come to think of it, if this was the light in my hair she repeatedly asked about, she'd been seeing ours for over a year. There was no reason to panic now. As she got older, she learned to read what was going on with the person by looking at their lights, as she continued to call them. The family that lived across the street had two children the same age as mine. Some days, my children would go over and play with them in their front yard. One day, the little neighbor girl came to our house and invited my daughter to come over and play. My daughter responded, It would be better if we play in my yard today. Why? Her friend wanted to know. My daughter looked across the street at the neighbor girl's father, who was working in his car in the driveway. Your daddy's colors aren't right. He's really mad, she whispered to her friend. Just then, the man's hand slipped on his wrench, and he banged his knuckles. He went into a full-blown rage, throwing tools and blackening the air with foul language. Yes, let's play at your house today, my daughter's friend wisely agreed. I've always been empathic and could feel other people's emotions, but I didn't see colors like my daughter. As the years went on, we compared notes. I came to understand that I'm kinesthetic, my daughter, visual. We're getting the same information through different channels but the information was coming from the same place, the auric field and interaction of the chakras. I can feel illness or imbalance, and my daughter sees it, but the result is the same. By paying attention to what we're perceiving in the auric field of others, we can detect illness before it presents itself physically. Whether it's a bipolar episode, an epileptic seizure, or cancer, it shows up in a person's energy field first. What an amazing diagnostic tool. It's regrettable our medical system is so close-minded about esoteric gifts. 
Just think how much more effective we could be if we were able to train our gifted ones to detect and treat illness while it was still in energetic form. It's much easier to rebalance energy than the denser physical body. Once illness is manifested physically, we're left to relying on more invasive forms of treatment. Our guest this hour, Dimitri Moretis, is an accomplished metaphysical teacher, healer, and co-author of Communing with the Divine, Karma and Reincarnation, The Healing Power of Your Aura, and Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. Originally trained in film and TV, Dimitri redirected his life's work to pursue the path of metaphysics. Having worked with Barbara Y. Martin, co-founder of Spiritual Arts Institute, a nonprofit teaching and publishing organization based in Los Angeles, Dimitri has been instrumental in organizing and teaching material, bringing Spiritual Arts Institute to the place it is today. He and Barbara continue to teach workshops and classes. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Dimitri, and together we'll explore the magical, mystical, and very scientific world of the human aura. So don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. We can be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, 
or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is a metaphysical teacher, healer, and co-author of Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, Dimitri Moretis. His website, spiritualarts.org. Dimitri, thank you for joining us on the Science of Magic. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. Let's start out with the basics. What is an aura? Oh, that's a that's a good one. And um, uh, well, and there's a couple ways you can define it. Um, one that we have used for years is a is the aura is a vibratory essence that surrounds all living things, uh, plants, animals, humans. Actually, even inanimate objects have auras, which means there's life force energy within them, and that's expressed through what we call the aura. Um, in terms of a human, we can really say that the aura is the energetic blueprint of the soul. Um, everything we think, we feel, we do, as you so interestingly said in that opening story, is reflected in your aura. Right now, the thoughts you're thinking is radiating an energy corresponding to the quality of the thought. The things you're feeling are radiating an energy corresponding to the quality of the emotion. So it is the, the power, the, the, the aura, the light of the aura is the power of the soul, if you want to call it that. And another definition we give of it is it's the individual expression of the universal life force. So this power that's powering everything, you, you know, you can't do anything without energy. Um, so the power of the aura doesn't come from us. It comes actually through us. We're all drawing. It's kind of like the light of the sun. We're all drawing energy from the same divine source. But we're going to draw it according to our activities and needs. So, for example, if I'm an artist and I'm deep in the throes of my creative activity, I'm going to be attracting universal life energies that will help me in that process, which is different than, say, if I'm a scientist and I'm very engaged in my scientific work and the things that are connected to that, that will attract some different energies. Or let's say if I'm an athlete, if I'm a professional athlete. Yet again, I'll attract energies accordingly. So our aura, fortunately, does change, you know, depending on what we're doing and where we're thinking, where we're feeling. Now, parts of the aura change very slowly over periods of time. Others, yes, very, can literally change with your thought. I know some people joke, oh, don't look at me today. My aura must look horrible. But, you know, it, the truth is, um, even if we got upset about something, Yes, parts of our aura will reflect that, but other parts will still stay very stable and strong. So the idea is, and even though the, the book we wrote, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, is about the aura, it's actually about meditation because the idea is if, if everything starts from within, if I'm trying to manifest something in my life, 
uh, let's say it's a career or it, it, it's a project or whatever it is, a, a better relationship, that doesn't matter what it is. Um, that has to start from within and we have to build the energy of that. So one of the things we teach is that if, if the energy for something is in your aura, it'll show up in your life. That's, that's the divine law. So for example, there's a wonderful energy of prosperity in the aura. If, if that energy is strong in your energy field, even if it's not maybe showing immediately in your life at that exact moment, it will if you keep at it because, again, that's the divine law. And if it's not in your aura, we don't have to cry about it. <laughs> we just sort of say, okay, I need to work on that. There's some piece internally that is missing that I need to strengthen, and then the outer will manifest it. It'll, it'll be a natural thing. So there's two ways we do change the aura. One we've been doing from the beginning of time, which is through every positive, creative word, thought, act, and emotion. So every positive thing that you are doing, regardless if you're getting patted on the back for it, is enhancing and enlightening and enlightening your aura. So that kind word, the kind thought, uh, the confidence, all those things build up the energy of the aura. Um, then also the other way is through meditation and application. So what you can do is through a meditative practice, which is what we teach, um, with the, you can actually draw in the spiritual energy you need. And then when you apply it in your life, it again becomes part of your aura. So for example, let's say I'm lacking a little confidence right now. Uh, maybe at my job, I need to ask for a raise or I need to sort of stand up for myself or something. And I'm kind of backing away when I should be, you know, dynamic. Well, in the aura, you, you might have the beautiful pink, which shows the love, but you will probably are lacking in the gold, which is the dynamic confidence. So what you can do is actually draw on that golden energy from the divine source, almost like a gift from God draw it into your aura, and then as you make the effort to still go out and, you know, go into the boss's office, say, hey, we need to talk about things here, you will notice that you will have more ability to do that because the energy to do that is inside of you. So we, we tell people working with the lights not a, doesn't bypass the normal process of life, all the challenges and things we have to do, but it makes it easier to do it because you have sort of the secret buddy of the divine light that's helping you build the confidence, the love, whatever, whatever's needed. We, we actually had an opposite scenario. There was a, a doctor in one of our classes. Uh, and he was very, he was, you know, he was open about it. He said, you know, I don't have a lot. I don't think I show enough compassion to my patients. You know, he sees a lot of patients in a day and they almost just become, okay, here's the next one. Here's the next one. So in his case, he had plenty of the dynamic. That wasn't his issue at all but he didn't have enough of the love. He didn't have enough of the pink. So he started working with the deep rose pink ray and taking a little more time not to rush through his patients. And he actually saw a marked improvement in his practice and his mm -hmm. whole attitude because now, you know, there was a, a, an imbalance there. And now that it was back in the balance and of course, he was also a happier person. He was enjoying his work more. I've got a quick question about this. Um, it's bringing mm -hmm. up some interesting thoughts for me. Is um, when you start bringing in a light or a, a quality of energy through your auric field that has been mm -hmm. absent, uh, oftentimes are you also being triggered into working with why you disconnected from that light to start out with? Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. You have to do what, what did Socrates say? The unexamined life is not worth living. <laughs> <laughs> well put. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, no, no, you absolutely. Yeah, this is not a pill. Oh, you know, I bring this light and all my problems are solved. No, no, you have to be extremely proactive in what you're doing. And you hit the nail right on the head. Um, okay, well, you pick something. Okay, if I'm, uh, if I'm afraid, well, you can bring in the gold as much as you want. But if you're still expressing fear, it's like you took two steps forward and then two steps backwards. So you have to look at, first of all, what are you afraid of? What's really bothering you? And what's the spiritual principle there? You know, there's a lack of faith, right? If you're saying there's a problem that's too big, even let's say for God, and I'm going to be afraid about this. Well, of course, you're, you're, you're going to bring in, by the way, that shows up as a gray energy in the auric field. So absolutely, you have to look at your life honestly and without judgment, by the way. You know, sometimes we get afraid, oh, if I see a character flaw in myself, it means I'm a bad person. Um, for example, we had a, a friend of ours from years ago, a marvelously talented woman in the film business as an actress, but extremely, uh, shall we say, impulsive. You know, she was impatient about things, and she would often say, unfortunately, the wrong things at the wrong time, and sabotaged what could have been a very successful career because there was a piece of the puzzle. It wasn't the talent. It was the management of her talent that she wasn't spending enough time to correct. So realizing our faults is a key of empowerment, you know, to realize, you know, the other thing we teach is you must take responsibility for your actions. If you're pointing to someone else and saying, that's the problem, uh, you've already disempowered yourself because you've become a victim then. So you need to say, I'm responsible for my actions. I'm not always responsible for what other people are doing, but I'm responsible for how I'm handling it. And then that, starts to say, okay, I'll look at this fault. It's just something that needs to be corrected. It's like I got some dirt on me. Well, you wash it off, you know, and the same way we do. Okay, I'm impatient. Okay, uh, you know what? Maybe I'm a little too abrupt with people or uh, maybe I don't have enough self-confidence, you know, whatever it is. And then we start to work on it. And you're exactly right. As you start to focus on that, the revelations come, the inspiration, and the transformation. And the beautiful thing, you know, Earth is a school, right? It's a spiritual schoolhouse. And there isn't one part of our life, you know, we can't transform. So we have to realize we, we can change anything. Now, again, that doesn't mean suddenly everything in our life is going to be easy street. But it does mean that we can empower ourselves in every department of our life. And that's part of the reason we're here. Um, it's interesting in the heart center of the aura, uh, which we call in our tradition, the hermetic center, it's the energetic nucleus of all our outer activities, everything, career, finances, relationships, all of that shows an energetic connection here. And there are actually 12 energy rays that are within that hermetic that represent 12 different departments of our life, which means there are many things in our life we have to get in order. Not just one. It's kind of like juggling several balls at the same time. We have to have our relationships strong, our career. All these things we have to pay attention to on their own terms. And it's almost like we're an orchestra, uh, a conductor. You know, the different, the different instruments are like the different parts of our life. And we have to bring it all together into this beautiful symphony. And so it all works harmoniously. And, and that's, what, that's what the aura is trying to help us do. 
And I know another interesting thing, as we enlighten our aura, as we bring the colors up higher and higher, uh, there also tends to be a better organization of the auric energies. Literally, the way it's placed in the auric field looks much more harmonious. Uh, you were talking about, you know, getting angry. Um, well, you know, when we really let go, when we have, let's say, a tantrum or we really time went on, as they say, um, it shoots out like vitiated red firecracker energies. And one strong outburst of anger, if it's not taken care of, can linger for two weeks in the auric field. So this, this shows you how powerful these emotions are and how we do have to, you know, kind of take charge of our life. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? And yet, at the same time, we have just about a minute in this segment left. At the same time, we need to be able to responsibly move our emotions or that pollutes our auric field as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, interestingly enough, usually <laughs> the weakest part of the aura, it does tend to be the emotional body, which is a beautiful chakra point down by the navel area. And that's often just by a misunderstanding of the emotion, what, what its job is in the aura. And uh, it, it sounds like we're close to the end, but if we want to follow up, but basically in a nutshell, you know, emotions are designed or energetically to give life to thought, but they're not the thinkers. The mind is the thinker, the emotions enlivens the thought, and that propels us into some type of an action. But the challenge we make is too many times we try to decide things from our emotions. And that is literally like getting in a car and just say car drive, but nobody steering. Nobody's staying. Well, we will have to. We will have to take that promised break. Dimitri and I will return to our discussion after this short break. We're coming to you through the land of leading edge paranormal broadcasting, the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to the Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. We will be back, so don't you guys go away. Broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN TV. For more information on the X Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. 
from astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is metaphysical teacher, healer, and co-author of Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, Dimitri Moretis. Dimitri, where, who was the first one to discover the aura? How long has it, the knowledge been around? How long have we been working with it? Oh, I would say probably from the beginning of civilization. Um, there have been, you know, one of the most amazing things about our time right now, the, and being on a show like yours, um, really not that long ago, maybe 100, 150 years ago, 
family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Um, to talk about something like this publicly was unheard of. Um, if you wanted to learn about the aura, you had to join a mystery school. You had to join an ashram or a secret society. Uh, these were not pub- This is not public knowledge. Um, the reason it's changing now is because of the enormous amount of world interest. Uh, There's more people ready for the spiritual life now than there's ever been on Earth. And this means that there's almost like a redesign of the whole, shall we say, mystery school tradition to help accommodate so many people. Uh, We were on a a show a little while ago, and um, the the gentleman asked, well, how is your aura book different from the other aura books? (laughs) <laughs> so, well, thank God there's even a point of comparison because there was a time where there were no aura <laughs> And now you're talking about what's the difference between them. You know, yeah. so it, it shows how much things have changed in, in a remarkably short period of time. And, you know, one of the things I want to make sure to come across, and obviously people listening to your show, they've had an awakening and they're responding to it. And what we urge people to say is that's not an accident. You know, your spiritual awakening was the divine knocking on your door and you are responding and please do everything you can to follow through on it because it is a calling, you know, and if the calling is coming to you, uh, you want to pursue with all your heart because it's leading to something, you know, we're just in the beginning stages of the spiritual Renaissance. Uh, Barbara, you know, it's like the clarion call. We're just kind of getting us together. There's a lot more that's coming down the pike. And look how many are already interested all over the world. It's not coming from just one place. So, yes, this is ancient knowledge. Um, when Barbara got her first teachings of it, you know, she was seeing the auras from age three, but she didn't have names for things. Uh, if I can't, I don't have a moment, I just want to share a really fun story with her. She was about four years old at the time, and her father was a Greek priest. And uh, <clears throat> was also a builder. He would build churches. He was also a, an engineer and uh, would create congregations. And anyway, they were inaugurating this cathedral, and the archbishop was there, which is, you know, way up there at the echelon. And little four-year-old Barbara was looking, <clears throat> you know, sitting with the family prominently and looking at the aura of the archbishop, again, not knowing what the colors meant, but being, like, surprised that instead of seeing these beautiful colors, saw these rather dark, grotesque colors and like menacing and couldn't figure out, you know, this is the archbishop. Now the bishops on either side had these beautiful pearl luster colors, you know, but not the archbishop. So when it came time to kiss his hand at the end of the service, you know, little four-year-old Barbara kind of screamed out in front of the 
congregation, oh, no, I'm not kissing his hand. He's a monster. <laughs> he eats children. <laughs> and of course, the mother was horrified. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. She got a spanking and all that. But it wasn't until 11 that she met somebody that could see the aura, but was also trained in the aura. And she was trained in the hermetic sciences. She was actually an acting, she ran an acting company. But, and she invited Barbara in one month one Saturday and said, basically, you can see the aura, can't you? And Barbara's mouth dropped said, is that what it's called? She didn't even have a name for it. Mm-hmm. It said, I can see the aura too. And my mother and my grandmother were both hermetic scientists. And I'd like to share you about your gifts. And she would show them these handwritten books, you know, the ancient, unfortunately, you can't buy these books on Amazon. Um, and they would explain the aura. They would explain the colors. They would explain a lot. So that's where she got her first training. And then years later, met another mystic that trained her to be a teacher, which was, again, a whole other. So she basically went through 20 years of training to be able to be a trained mystic. And as I started working with Barbara, I began as a, as a student, and she's been training me for quite a long time. So it's a tradition that has been going on for a very long time, uh, and it's just becoming more and more popular. So there's a tremendous foundation of this. This is not something that was just invented yesterday. Right. Thank goodness for it. You know, um, would you mind speaking to, you know, we've been talking about how our auric field reflects into the world, can be read, um, or how it affects us. What about, uh, how does our auric field affect other people? Do we need to be responsible for what's going on there because it affects other people? Well, we are emitting an energy, you know. Um, So absolutely, when you're interacting with somebody, there is an exchange of energy. And if you're, let's say, upset about somebody or you're judging somebody or you're critical of somebody, you are projecting that energy to them, whether it's no matter how clever you are with your words, the energy is being there and that can affect them. So you want to be very careful, especially with things like what you say to people. We say words create. So if you're saying things like, you know, Barbara had a friend that kept saying, uh, oh, Barbara, I'm so tired. I work so much. I just want to get off my feet. Well, she eventually broke her leg and got off her feet for six weeks. So <laughs> you you are right. We are, we have to be very careful. You know, Albert Schweitzer said, leave the footprints of love behind you. Um, we, we do have to remember we are interacting. It's an interactive it's a sea of energy, and we are responsible for what we put out there. You're, you're, you're yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah, you know, because sometimes I experience people's RX fields shifting depending on what they're doing. So say, for instance, if someone's trying to get me to do what they want me to do, regardless of mm-hmm. what I want, I'll really feel right. a tugging like in my yellow chakra. I can literally feel it in the solar plexus. Is this what we're talking about? Exactly. Exactly. And there you have to be strong, like you, I'm sure you are. Um, in other words, sometimes and it's not conscious, but sometimes people want to encroach on your energy field. And you have to say, no, no, no energy of another person can enter your aura unless somewhere you're permitting it. And actually, one of the best cases of what you're saying is, let's say you get on the phone with somebody and a friend of yours is really depressed and you really care about them and they kind of, you know, unload on you. <laughs> and at the end of the conversation, they're going, I feel so much better. Thank you for listening to me. And you're like ready to crawl in the bed. You're exhausted. <laughs> You know, and what happened was that person pulled on your energy. And yes, especially in that emotional solar plexus area. So we're supposed to receive our our light from the source, from the higher part of us. 
there is an exchange between us, but people are not supposed to be pulling on us or we pulling on them. It, it, it's supposed to be balanced. So yes, if you ever feel anybody pulling on you, you see that golden bubble of protection around you and you have the right to refuse that energy. And it's especially sometimes when they're the strongest. In the book, we have a diagram about people fighting. So for example, if someone comes up to you and is like yelling at you and wants you to react. If you do react and get angry back, not only did you get angry, but you invited their anger into your aura. And that's so it's like why a resonance, yeah? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you're resonating on on an on an off key, and that's why these things can escalate and you can have a screaming match because you're as you said exactly right, you're kind of resonating on this sour note. Now, if you simply refuse the anger and you're just saying, I'm not going to react to this, okay, uh, you're, not, you're not letting them enter your energy and there's no place for that disturbing thing to go and it will start to dissipate. But most important, you will keep your center. So you may be strong. You may be saying, look, I don't agree with what you're saying right now, but you're not just emotionally yelling back at them. There's exactly. a huge not, difference between the not, two. Yeah. not responding to the lower frequency or, or the more harsh frequency. You know, on the other hand, process is ugly. <laughs> so is it necessary or even mm. advisable to keep our aura in perfect balance at all times? Or do we move in and out of balance as we're processing? Well, um, you know, this, this, first of all, we don't, <laughs> we used to say in our workshop, anybody perfect here, raise your hand. <laughs> and, you know, one person always jokingly raised we're not perfect. We're, we're a work in progress. So if we were perfect, why do you go to school? You go to learn. Well, if you already know what's in school, you don't need to go to that school. You've already learned it. So there's obviously things here that we don't know. Um, we're striving for the enlightenment, for kind of the purity, but we're, you know, we're not there yet. We're all in a process to achieve that. So there are going to be parts of our aura that are very developed and beautiful and parts that are not. And the, the wonderful thing about the light is, you know, for most people, there's obviously more light than dark. But that's why we're also a conundrum. Why is somebody so loving and kind, but again, doesn't stand up for themselves? Or why is somebody very creative, but has an addiction to alcohol? Why, do, why are there these kind of like contradictory parts of our nature? And we're, we're living with them at the same time. This is the process of strengthening the good parts of us and redeeming and transmuting the undeveloped. So yes, what life will do to us, it will show us our imperfections. And what we tell our students is, look, bless anybody that can push your buttons, that can get you upset, or a situation that can get you upset, because that's showing an area that you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Why was that person able to push your buttons? There was something there that needed work. So how about yeah. how about the chicken and the egg? <laughs> uh, uh-huh. If we're going back to say physical illness, how does our aura become dis- does our aura become distorted because we're developing an illness, or we develop an illness due to a distortion in our aura? Well, that's a wonderful question, and um, uh, there's there's well the thing is there's different causes of illness. Um, there is a, of course you go to a medical person they say it's all biological, the biological mechanism mechanism goes off, it's going to be sick. And of course, the, the metaphysicians in the beginning, especially the 20th century, was a huge revelation of the idea of mind over matter. That the, the quality of your thinking 
can literally have an impact on your body. That was, that was a mind-boggling idea for a lot of people. So there are spiritual roots of illnesses, and there are purely physiological ones. If I put my hand on a hot stove, you know, it's going to burn. Okay, there's a, physio, there's a physical law I have broken. It had nothing to do with me being a bad person. I just didn't know what I was doing. I might have been feeling great. My, I might have been happy and joyful as can be. But I broke a physical law, and I'm suffering physically for it to teach me it's not a good idea to put your hand on a hot stove. You know, if we didn't have the pain factor, right, we would we would keep the hand on there till it burned off. So that's one cause of illness. They're physiological things. If I'm in a toxic environment, if I am infected by a virus, if I'm, you know, if things are happening, I fall and break my leg. These are physiological things that are happening. But yes, what you're bringing up is there are also spiritual causes of illness. And actually... From, from our experience and training is that up, up to half of the variety of, if you look at all the variety of illnesses you may have had in your life or physical distresses, and I'm not talking about one chronic one that keeps repeating, but a variety, up to 50% of them most likely had a spiritual root. Well, we're going to have to take we're going to have to take oh, a break. Sorry, sorry to leave I'm you sorry. on a cliff here. <laughs> Dimitri and I will be back shortly. You're listening to the Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. We're brought to you by the leader in paranormal spirituality and alternative health programming, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Don't go away. We'll return. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. 
I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is metaphysical teacher, healer, and co-author of Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, Dimitri Moretis. Dimitri, why do you think it is, um, when we started this whole thing, you mentioned that there's a lot more people that are seeking out the mystery, the mystery schools. It used mm-hmm. to be held very very quietly before, and now everybody seems to be looking for it, not everybody. But what do you think has changed that's creating this difference? What's the enlightenment going on now? Uh, I think it's part of the evolutionary flow of the planet itself. So I, I, I think, you know, all life on Earth is going through an evolutionary change right now. 
and humanity is is at you know a key forefront of all of that. Um, there is a there is an evolution of a human soul from lifetime to lifetime, but there's also an evolution of humanity, and you know we're at a, this remarkable age where we're at a, we're at a key transit we're living at a key transition point. You know, and uh, we just got to do our best so that the generations after us, you know, can build on what we we establish. Do you think the light is changing and therefore we are being able to channel different frequencies of light into our arc field? Yeah, there's more light coming down. Maybe that's a bit. There's more spiritual power coming down. And also, again, this is a whole other subject. The, the, the support system, what you would call a spiritual hierarchy, they're making a much stronger we're ready for the morning out than we were before. So they're, they're making their presence, shall we say, much more known because they're the ones that are bringing in the light. They're the ones that are facilitating all this transformation. We, we need them. We're, we're partners in the process. So, yeah, it is just it is that time. You know, you look at the Renaissance, you look at the Axial Age, you look at different points in history, and there were just times that changed civilization fundamentally and we're going through one of those times. Do you think that those times have to do with where we are positioned in the galaxy at any particular time? Well, now you're hitting on a giant question, right? Because um, they're noticing there's, you know, even by a lot uh, physically, there's activity, unusual activity on other planets uh, in terms of changing in temperatures and things of that nature. And many scientists are believing that maybe the whole solar system is going through uh, a different area, you know, and its rotation around the galaxy is going through a different area and that's affecting our life. So that's, that's very, we're very connected to the galaxy itself and other solar systems. We're like a body, like a cell in the body. So yes, I would say very much affected by it. And, you know, I, I can't help but notice and look out there, people are going off the he's left and right. It seems like we're under an awful lot of pressure. Do you think this is the source, is the increase of light that's then putting more pressure on our, our uh, patterns and unprocessed places? Well, and also, as, as Barbara has said, we're at the tail end of the scorpion right now. There's sort of a, a separating of the tares from the wheat. So things that have been kind of hidden for a while, are now going to be exposed. So you, it's kind of like if you've had a, a wound and you haven't really cleaned it out yet, whether you, you cut it open, you let out all the pus, and then you dress it. And yes, there is a little bit of a, well, maybe more than a little bit, but there's a kind of a, a purging going on right now. So we are going to see some distressing things, but the higher does teach us to stay true to your divine self. You know, it, as, as great as it is, as quick as it is, you, you have more opportunities to grow spiritually today than ever before. Unfortunately, like you're saying, there's also more opportunities to fall off the path than ever before. So it's just very important that you stay very close to the divine light, be true to your spiritual principles, regardless of what's going on around you. Pray for the world, but you know, as Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see in the world. Yeah, beautiful. No better words are ever spoken. You know, another another phenomenon that I've noticed that I wondered if you would speak to, because I think it has to do with the way our auric fields interact. The more processed I become, if I'm around people that have chosen the other path, if you will, or, you know, are going through their stuff, it seems like my very presence puts pressure on them. Have you experienced that, and how can we mitigate that for people? Well, I would say that's true if somebody, in other words, if, if I'm doing something that's not so nice, and you're shining a light on me, 
to see that more clearly, I'll, I'll feel uncomfortable about it. You know, so uh, there can be, you know, again, you were talking about kind of resonance and things like that. But what I would encourage people is because the whole idea now is to come together is do your best, you know, to, to see the divine in everyone, regardless if they're in the light or, you know, awakened to this knowledge or not awakened. We all are precious in God's sight. Um, one of the things, again, the divine teaches, and they don't say this to make us feel good. They say the statement of fact. If one soul were missing, creation would not be complete. So we're all essential. We're all playing an essential role. Some are more aware of their role than others. But if you see somebody that's maybe kind of not getting it or distressed, uh, what you want to do is just, this is going to be a silent thing, not say anything to them, but just see them as their best self. Uh, if you're feeling, again, this encroachment, protect yourself, but have that compassionate stance and you will generally notice that they will appreciate that, even on an unconscious level. And if they really are in a very disturbed state, they, they probably, again, maybe want to go in another direction. But again, you've done your part in serving the moment by putting the right energy out there. So what you're saying is we reflect back to them their highest qualities and distant proximity right. for your own safety. Right. So even if somebody is like showing a nasty face to you, you see beyond that. So, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm, regardless of this personality scowl you're putting on me right now, I'm going to see beyond that. I'm going to see that that divine spark's still there and you're helping them. You know, that's how the, the, the higher we call them, the angels, whatever you want, that's how they see us. They don't see us in our, they see us first as our divine self. They always have that perspective. So they're always seeing us first as our highest and best self. And every day they're encouraging us to be the exact same way. So that's what we need to cultivate in others. Uh, that's the compassion is holding to the divine image of love. You know, uh, Mother Teresa was an incredible embodiment of this, you know, regardless of the incredible suffering that she saw and helped her first job was to see the divine in others. And that's what she said. I see the face of Christ and everyone I help and the medical doctors and somebody say, you're not doing enough for them medically. Well, she knew many, especially even these children, we're not going to make it. It's said, well, my job is to give them this sense of dignity to realize how valuable they are. So by seeing, if you see me as my real self, even though I may not see myself that way, you're helping me have my dignity to recognize that I am important. I can count, you know, regardless of how I experience life done, I'm valuable. And that's the most precious gift I think we can give another person is to honor the divine in them. Absolutely. You know, I have an interesting thought here. How do the chakras interplay with the auric field? How, how do those guys interact together? Um, well, okay, so the aura has an anatomy. So there's, there's different parts, and it's as complicated as our physical body, if not more so. Um, so it's the aura is not just kind of, you know, blobs of light or whatever, clouds of light around us. It's extremely precise. And the, the chakras are a key component of that auric anatomy. What we generally say, just as a, as a, you know, a quick reference, if the aura is the first place you make changes in your life, the chakras are going to be the first place you make changes in your aura. Mm -hmm. So in our meditation, we generally work with the chakras first, uh, especially the mental one, the throat, the heart, and the emotional because as you get these energies and these chakras moving in the best possible way, 
it'll bless the entire auric field and of course will will help you be just a stronger person so let me see if i've got this right the chakras are what um prisms the light to be used by the auric field well they're they're energy centers so they're like they're like little planets you know they're like little planets deep inside the body they're rotating they're on an axis just like planets are and they're levels of consciousness so the mental center, the chakra that's in your in the head, that is the nucleus of your conscious thinking self. Right now, we're having this conversation because we're using this mental chakra. The throat center is, again, a beautiful sphere of light that represents the power of the words. The words create. So there's a whole chakra, not just the verbal chatter, but the power behind that chatter. The hermetic center, the heart center, is the world affairs. So in order for us to manifest in our outer life, we need the spiritual power. So that's, that energy is projected from the hermetic and also, by the way, our experiences. So the hermetic center is the seat of the soul. So everything we're experiencing in life, good, bad, and different, the soul is absorbing and it's learning and growing. So with, we need this heart shock. So for example, if you're having trouble manifesting something at your job, you need to bring more power into this heart center because it needs power to bring that manifestation. And then the other chakra we work a great deal with is the emotional one we've been talking about near the navel. Everything you're feeling is in that emotional part of you. And if that emotion is not balanced, we can't move anything into action. If I'm, if I'm coming from a place of worry and distress, how am I going to move something into motion? Because Worries has kind of a paralyzing effect. So absolutely, you know, time flies, and we're just about out of it. I want to thank you so much for being on the Science of Magic with us today and bringing all this wonderful knowledge about the uh, chakrak system and and the auric field. It's my pleasure, and thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. Our guest this hour has been metaphysical teacher, healer, and co-author of Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, Dimitri Moretis. His website, Spiritual arts.org it's been the science of magic remember you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website thescienceofmagic.net don't forget to join us on the next episode of the science of magic until next time dear ones may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you embody your spirit Show.